The Flames have themselves a general manager today on Locked on Flames. Your Locked on Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Locked On Flames presented by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NHL for $20 off your first purchase. So, the Flames have themselves a general manager. We are going to unpack that decision from a variety of fronts. Riding solo today, Jess is at Taylor Swift at Gillette Stadium tonight. This episode is coming out to you guys on Monday. She will have more of her own thoughts. Gave me a brief statement of hers to read officially for the record, but the waiting game is over. The Flames have their general manager, so we're going to attack this from a few angles. Number one, the news and the instant reaction I had, the other candidates who were reportedly in the mix for this job, and then three, what it all means, and as we pivot towards the coaching search, which now becomes the top priority of the Flames' new general manager, Craig Conroy, we have a lot to discuss, so let's get to it. So, today, Sunday, I was at the Met game. I went with my mom. Uh, we were Mother's Day gift. We were supposed to go to the game yesterday. It got rained out and went today. Uh, got there nice and early. There was a giveaway before the game. So, sitting there, scrolling my phone on Twitter, wasting time until the game starts. You get there early for the giveaway. You got a two hours to kill. So scrolling Twitter, scrolling Twitter. And Darren Dreger of TSN just very cavalierly and casually mentions Flames to announce Craig Conroy to hire. Lots to see what's going to happen in Toronto. Totally no-selling it as if this isn't breaking important news. I was kind of insulted that the Flames hiring their general manager was relegated to an afterthought as opposed to the Leafs starting their general manager search purely by self-inflicted wounds, but I'm not going to complain about the Leafs today. The hockey world might revolve around the Leafs outside of this podcast on Lockdown Flames where we got your team every day, but not here. We revolve around the Calgary Flames. So initial reactions, nervous relief. That is the description I had. Some of the names, which we're going to talk about in the second segment that were associated with that the Flames interviewed for this job, were concerning on a variety of levels, and we'll talk about it. But at first, knee-jerk, this seems like this was the plan. That if and when Brad was ready to move on to another position, whether it be higher up in the food chain, being the president of hockey operations, or going to another team, it kind of seemed like Craig Conroy was being set aside that he was the long-term plan that as soon as he retired as a player, they started him on this developmental path where you see a lot of guys get involved in this type of role. Now, Jason Spezza of the Leafs who resigned because they fired Kyle Dubas is just one example of somebody who retired and immediately went into that executive. I don't want to call it a fast track because that diminishes the work they have to put in, in those assistant general manager or advisor to the general manager roles. But that's where you start. If you want to go right from playing into the front office, as opposed to coaching. So this is a 
interesting moment for the Flames. As Jess and I have discussed ad nauseum, the Flames have a lot of decisions to make in the next year and a half or so that are really going to dictate what the next five to ten years look like because the players they have to make decisions on are just that important. So now that you've got the general manager in place, we can all kind of take a deep breath. Okay, they're not hiring somebody with major red flags. They are hiring someone who's never been an NHL general manager before. So that means we have to take everything they do into account as we're forming our opinion of them. He's going to have a few tests ahead of him here. There's some unrestricted free agents to take care of, to some roster decisions to make, some guys who are free agents, not this summer, 2023, but next summer, 2024, that could potentially be on the move this summer to kind of reconfigure the roster. But that's the beauty of the new general manager. That's why I'm more willing to take a chance on an unproven guy as opposed to a retread is because it presents an opportunity for the unknown. When you bring in a retread, significantly somebody with a long track record, that ty- that typically means they aren't going to be able to change that much. When you hire somebody who's got a 10, 15, 20-year career in the NHL, those guys more or less have formed their opinions. Sure, they might be willing to listen to input, but it's going to be really hard to convince some of these hockey lifers that, hey, maybe you want to think about this, maybe you want to think about that. This is what's encouraging. We are at a point now where the Flames have expressed a willingness to take a chance. That alone from this group is commendable. The Flames just being willing to take a chance on a general manager, on a coach. That gives you a, okay, they acknowledge that what we've been doing for the last couple of tries at this hasn't been working. They've changed coaches a number of times now in the last couple of years. The general manager has been the same since 2014. So let's take a deep breath, look back, and how do we want to attack this? Well, we want somebody who's a little bit younger, who's a little bit closer in age to the guys who are currently playing, We want somebody who's going to be able to foster a healthy relationship with the coach, which immediately becomes the top priority of Conroy is figuring out what exactly the relationship he wants to have with his head coach is going to look like and what he can do to facilitate that. Now, there are a few coaching jobs still available. There are a few teams that may or may not end up needing a head coach as well. So as the dominoes fall, we will keep you covered here and give you ideas, but Felt really important to get out in front of this, do an episode, so that for your Monday commute, your Monday trip to school, to work, whatever, you got the cliff notes. You got everything you need to know. Comroy, longtime NHL player, a veteran of a 1,000 NHL games, and yes, I'm pulling up his hockey reference because memorizing numbers is hard. 507 games as a member of the Flames, a captain of the Flames, someone that Jerome McGinla, if you value Jerome McGinla's opinion, he has advocated during the period since um, Brad Tree Living stepped aside as general manager that Ginla feels that Conroy should get a shot. He's bided his time. We, we heard those reports where Brian Burke told Sportsnet that that was the long-term plan. We always assumed that when the time would have come to hire a new general manager, it would have been Kevin Conroy. Excuse me. I went to say Kevin Connolly, you know, the E from Entourage, because brain's all over the place. It's, it's Sunday evening. I'm a little tired, but... Moving along, powering through. Craig Conroy should excite you. This is somebody who understands the expectations, the energy, and the city itself. 
This is somebody who understands the challenges that being in a Canadian market presents. And that's something we're going to touch on more in the third segment, where we talk about what the hiring process playing out the way it did kind of means. But from a drop down thousand foot view, I understand the hire. It is justifiable. I can explain it. I'm a little nervous. Anytime you hire somebody without any experience for the job, you got to be a little nervous. It'd be crazy to not be a little nervous, but nervous optimism. That is the name of the game for the Calgary Flames moving forward with Craig Conroy as the general manager. But before we move on to our next segment, we have got, got to talk about our friends at Game Time who hooked me up today. You are listening to this episode whenever you are. I used Game Time to buy my mother's, my mom's Mother's Day gift. I took her to the Met game on Sunday, came from behind win. Game Time's a very convenient app. There are so many third-party apps. Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Killer last-minute deals. If you're the impulsive type who waits till the last minute and then pulls the trigger on buying tickets just when the event is about to start, you will love Game Time. The flash deals and last-minute tickets. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every type of event. Lowest price guaranteed. So, Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. want to thank everyone who's hanging out, who's on their way to work, on their way to school, on their way back from wherever they're going listening to today's episode. It's fun doing this, man. This is the time of year where you can really start to fantasize and project like, hey, maybe the Flames finally got the GM that's going to sort it all out. Somebody with the long and decorated NHL career who understands what the Flames mean to the city they play in, who understand the burden of expectation, who understand the cultural institutions, who's going to be able to tap into that market. Somebody who's got uh, got an inside track to being beloved at their job already. He's got the Jerome McGinley endorsement. He's got the playing career to fall back on. So he's bought himself a nice cushion to start out from. And he's got the added bonus, which we're going to talk about in the third segment and more throughout the course of this upcoming week. He's going to pick, get to pick his own coach, which is going to make a world of difference because you're going to have symmetry here. You are going to have real input from both parties, and you are going to feel like this makes sense. Not a general manager and a coach clearly at odds. A general manager asking the owner, hey, can I fire the coach? And the owner going, no, you can't. And then having to endure the rest of the season, which is what happened this past year. So the other candidates that we know of, Stan Bowman, former Chicago Blackhawks general manager, son of the most successful coach in the history of hockey, Stan, uh, Scotty Bowman. This was a non-starter for me. Anybody involved with that 2020 Chicago Blackhawks situation where they let Brad Aldrich go free from the organization of his own volition to go on to do what he did at the University of Miami of Ohio and what he did to a high school student in the state of Michigan that got him arrested and registered as a sex criminal. Those got anyone involved in that, whether it be Quinville, whether it be Bowman, whether it be guys on that team, none of those guys 
I want anywhere near my hockey team, purely on a conscience level. I cannot justify to myself, well, hey, maybe they can help us win. Because that is exactly what they did in that situation and why they let Bradley Ald- Brad Aldrich do what he did, get away with it, and not do anything until they got caught. And it took the NHL pressuring the parties involved to step up, face the music, and face the consequences. It is unclear whether Bowman or Quinville will have a... Excuse me. It is unclear whether or not Bowman or Quinville will be able to take jobs this job cycle. Both still are in that process of working their way towards reinstatement, which I feel the NHL should take a hard stance on and just flat out say, there's no path for you back in. Sorry, we can't do it. Just can't do it. It'd be a principled stance. And frankly, neither of those guys needs to be in the game again. Being in the NHL is a privilege. If you put hockey over the livelihood of and welfare of people in your game you don't it doesn't matter at, at the end of the day it is a game okay All right, that's enough of getting my blood pressure spiked about stan bowman next dave notice somebody who general manager of the canucks general manager of the maple leafs famously the general manager of the maple leafs at the peak of their early 2010s dysfunction he was the predecessor to lou lamarillo who was the predecessor to Kyle Dubas, which is why we are where we are now. You you might remember the, the artist of Dave Notice for styling, such as David Clarkson, uh, Phaneuf. Uh, there's plenty of Leaf fans who, will, who were avidly laughing and pointing that people were even considering Dave Notice for a job. Thank God that this would have been bad, especially with how fragile the Flames cap situation is right now. They cannot afford some extraneous contracts throwing a lot of money around at older guys who play an ineffective style of hockey for where the game is trending. Those Leafs teams were big, slow, plodding, not particularly skilled, didn't draft well, didn't have strong goaltending. And it took a lot of work to get those those Leafs from what they were when he was fired in when did I write it down? He was fired in 2015. Lou came in in 2015. They made the playoffs two years later, and then Kyle took over in 2018. And then the last one that we have on the record, uh, I forget who it was. I want to say Pierre Lebrun here. I, I want to be factually correct, so I'm going to pull it up. I know this is compelling radio. If you're watching on YouTube, you're seeing me scroll on my phone to a text conversation I was having with somebody. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, it was Frank Saravelli of Daily Faceoff. But yeah, reported that the Flames had interviewed at least four external candidates, and the three on the record were Bowman, Notice, and this third candidate, Mark Bergevin, former general manager of the Montreal Canadiens, hitched his wagon to Carey Price. That's about all I can say for Mark Bergevin's tenure. A couple conference finals, one cup final appearance in that fluky season where they won the Canadian division and then beat a Vegas Golden Knights team that was absolutely depleted after playing the Avalanche in the second round. A hockey man through and through uh, wore the bore the brunt of it. Bergevin really let things get bad there at the end of his tenure in Montreal really started to seem out of touch, frankly, the drafting of Logan Molyu, kind of the, the the nail in the coffin for me as far as caring about what Mark Bergevin thinks about hockey. It's really messed up that two of the three candidates that we know of are guys who were either outwardly complicit or, tact, or uh, passively complicit in sexual misconduct, which both Bergevin and uh, Stan Bowman were. So neither, neither of those is particularly good. But those three being the candidates tells me 
couple things. And we're going to talk about this more in the last segment because it, it it's really more centered around a philosophical big picture. What are the challenges of working in a Canadian market right now? And this is one of them. You are not going to be able to get every single candidate you want to interview. You are not going to be able to get every single player you want to sign, draft, etc., to want to come play for you because of the limitations of the market. There are real challenges that are unfair, frankly, that guys who are not familiar with the city, who haven't lived in Canada, they don't want to move to Canada, they don't want to change their way of life, all of the cliche stuff to justify this. It, it, it's nervousness. And these are professional athletes, these are executives, etc. They are marketing their skills. They can go wherever they want for whatever amount of money they want to go for. It's the free market. You can't say, hey, you need to work here, you need to work there, etc. It would be nice if there were ways to incentivize guys to take jobs in these more challenging and difficult markets. But we know that it's a real challenge for people to exist in this market. You think about Johnny Gaudreau leaving for Columbus, and one of the main reasons was being able to be out of the public eye. In Columbus, Ohio, Johnny Gaudreau is just a 5'8 guy with a wife and a daughter. That's all Johnny Gaudreau is. He's not a hockey player. A lot of people aren't going to be able to recognize him the same way they would in Calgary. And that's not an indictment of Calgary. If anything, that tells you you have a committed, passionate fan base that cares about your team. And of course, this is me saying this, not an NHL player. I would love that type of environment. I also understand the challenges that that presents. That means if I have a bad game, I go out, I might get it. I might get it from people in public talking talking trash to me because, hey, they love this team. And I'm just the guy who's passing through at a point in my career on these people's teams. It's like the old Jerry Seinfeld joke about the laundry. This guy went from our team to another team. We used to love him when he was wearing our laundry, but now he's wearing the other team's laundry. So we boo him. That's really all it comes down to, unfortunately, is that a lot of these guys aren't willing to give it a shot, and they're missing out, frankly. There, there's real energy. There's real passion. And th that type of genuine emotion is really hard to find in sports. There are a lot of markets and a lot of professional leagues where, where guys play in front of half, three-quarter, quarter-full houses uh, a lot of nights. I, I vividly remember reading one of, I forget who it was, on the Devils doing an interview talking about playing in an arena that was half-empty most of their career, and to finally make the playoffs, it meant a lot to them. So on the other hand, you have a team like Calgary that's consistently top 10 in attendance in spite of having an older building, not having the most of playoff success. That tells you that this fan base is hungry. They want a team that wins. They want a group that can truly make them feel validated, that their emotions are worth something. And that's the greatest feeling as a sports fan. Those moments, those fleeting moments where you have the... Wow, that was amazing. I can't wait to do this again. Instead of the, why am I doing this again? Which is the other end of that spectrum. Moving right along, we are talking about the Calgary Flames hiring of Craig Conroy as general manager. What that means, all that, we will have plenty of more content for you guys throughout this upcoming week and the near future. Whenever the Flames hire a head coach, we will have the best analysis we possibly can. Because this is Locked On Flames. We cover your team every single day. This is where the Flames are the center of the hockey universe. I don't care about the Leafs. Okay. 
the last part of today's episode is centered around the idea, what does this mean? I'm a huge, huge proponent of the what does this mean, big picture, long form feature article. I love when a team wins the Super Bowl and a columnist writes the what this means for football going forward, or there's a rule change. And what does this mean for the college football playoff? All of these big picture philosophical debates, because this is where you can really sink your teeth into ideas. And this is where you can have genuine discussion now. It's really hard to have a lot of discussion in, in the sports space now because we have numbers to kind of analyze everything. So it's really hard to argue point A versus point B if you don't have something to support your argument. And of course, I'm always saying you should have facts or a philosophy, principles to kind of back up your argument. But it, it's, it's really difficult to argue player A versus player B now from a purely conceptual standpoint, the way you could something like this, where what does it mean that the Flames hired an internal guy? So the glass half full version of that is they feel really good about Craig Conroy being their general manager. They think that this guy has it. They didn't need to talk to anyone else that that was a serious major candidate. They did that out of courtesy, curiosity, et cetera, where maybe guys favors that kind of thing where agents were like, we know you like Craig, but just talk to him. Talk to Mark. Talk to Stan. Talk to Dave. Just just, just hear them out. I'm not saying hire them. Just hear them out. The glass half empty side of that argument is, well, they didn't take the search that seriously. They didn't consider more candidates. They could have talked to more people, even if they felt good about Craig Conroy. Maybe they could have talked to more people. And even if you don't hire one of those people, maybe they have an idea you really like and you can steal it and use it for yourself. But... We'll never know, unfortunately. We we might get tidbits about how this process played out. We'll probably get a feature at some point on kind of explaining this hiring process from the Maloney and Flames perspective. And Conroy's perspective, we'll get an idea more so about that, that aspect of it, just the process itself, literally. But, but the pessimist in me is telling me they didn't take this job hire, this job search that seriously because they didn't exactly assemble a murderer's row of candidates to put Conroy up against. It's kind of like when you would play a video game against a sibling and you take it easy on them. You don't run the cheese plays. If you're playing Madden, you don't cross crease them. If you're playing shell, that type of argument where you got to take it easy on them. You want, you don't, you don't have to let them win, but you, you don't beat them up. You don't kill them in the score sheet, that type of thing where, We'll talk to these other guys, but Craig's our guy. We, we know we're going to hire Craig, and that's kind of the vibe I've, I've gotten from this entire process. He, there were a lot more candidates linked to the Flames, ultimately, that didn't even get interviews from what we understand. We know that, on record, the Flames interviewed four external candidates, and we only have the names of three of those people. So that tells you that it, it was Craig Conroy or nothing. If you're familiar with the uh, Kevin Costner movie Draft Day, Vontae Mack, no matter what, yeah, that type of energy is what I'm gathering from the Flames. And I understand. This is somebody who's worn your jersey as a player, who's paid their dues, who has done a lot of work as an assistant general manager, somebody who has gotten advocated for by a number of people in the organization, including Jerome Aginla, who's not with the organization right now, but a lot of people would like to see him get some type of advisor role where he can maintain the current business relationships he has while also having a role within the Flames organization. 
I know I was reading in The Athletic today, Julian McKenzie did a quick write-up about the hiring of Conroy and some of the, like, the testimony, if you will. And one of the major points was that he's done a lot of the legwork in convincing guys that, A, as college free agents, as restricted free agents, or guys in college who have more eligibility left, hey, come on, we want you here. You're ready for this. That type of thing where I'm always skeptical of those types of anecdotes because nobody gets bad players tied to them. You get things like, oh, well, Craig Conroy was the one who talked Walker Dewar into, hey, you want to do this. And he's the one who told Johnny Gaudreau, hey, you're ready to come to Calgary. You don't need another season of college hockey. So that that's good. That's great. We'll never know the duds, unfortunately. That's just kind of the nature of sports media. We don't really often hear the stories about the guys who pounded the table for players who didn't turn out to be anything, which it's frustrating, but that's really just the reality of how sports media works. So now we can turn our attention. If you're watching on YouTube, you're just showing me. And if you're listening to the podcast on whatever podcasting platform you prefer, the podcast is available on all the major platforms. I looked off to my right, symbolizing, metaphorically, using visuals to explain. We are on to the head coaching search. I will have plenty of candidates to throw out here. There are several head coaching vacancies around the league. A few more that may become open. All of the challenges that presents and opportunities that presents. But to surmise, to close out today's show, we can take a deep breath. If you are not like me and you don't have allergies, first of all, be very grateful. Second of all, take a deep breath for me because I just tried breathing in through my nose and my right nostril didn't cooperate. So... The Flames did not hire somebody who was morally reprehensible. They did not hire somebody who did not understand how the salary cap works. They did not hire somebody who does not understand what type of players are good and bad in today's NHL. That alone is a win. You hear me talk about this all of the time. There were 32 teams in the NHL. 12 teams eliminate themselves from winning the championship before the year even starts. There are about eight teams that are in that soggy middle where they're just happy to make the playoffs. There are 12 teams that think they can win the championship, and then there are five that actually can win the championship. You need one of the GMs that's at least in the middle eight. If you have one of if you have the GM that's from ninth to like 17th, that's a lot better than most of the league, and that's a good starting point. And knock on wood, fingers crossed, salt over the shoulder rabbit's foot, three-leaf clover, whatever you want to use for good luck, that is what Craig Conroy will be for the Calgary Flames to set this team up because there are monumental decisions about the future of the Calgary Flames going forward, and it's going to be on Craig Conroy to make the right ones to not hinder this team. In the next 24 months, so in May of 2025, which – that's not a real year. I'm just going to be honest with you. 2025 is not a real year. At best, we're in like 2014. But May of 2025, you will know if the Calgary Flames have a realistic chance of winning a Stanley Cup before the decade is over. That will just about do it for today's episode. Make sure you are subscribed to Locked on Flames wherever you get your podcasts. or available on YouTube as well if you prefer the video format. Join us in the comments section. What do you think about the Flames hiring Craig Conroy to be the general manager? Who do you want Craig Conroy to hire as the head coach to work with him? All that 
plenty more to come on this general manager process, the roster, which we still have so much to discuss about the roster going into the summer, who you want the coach to be. That'll be a point of topic this, this upcoming week and so much more. We will see you guys. I at least will see you guys real soon. Jess will be back with you guys tomorrow. Have a good day.